0: We're on Romans chapter 10 today, uh, just the first 13 verses, we'll read it in, in a minute. A very well-known portion of scripture, I see some people stand up here and they say that and, and then you sort of look at your audience and you say, I wonder, is it well-known? <laughs> and of course, it's well-known in the fact that we all know it's there, but how well do we know it and being able to quote it and uh, understand it and to live it so that's always a challenge in every verse in the, B- every chapter in the Bible so um, what this part portion is a, a portion really that's sort of sandwiched between chapters 9 10 and 11 are really where Paul uh, in his letter to the Romans is, is focusing on the Jews particularly And he's being, in these three chapters, particularly harsh uh, towards the Jews. But here, in the middle of it all, he starts off this by really, very beautifully, I think, just expressing his love. It's always a a good thing for any uh, teacher, and Paul was certainly that, to, in his letter or in his preaching, to be able to show love to those that he's targeting. And why is that important? Because he's a follower of Jesus Christ. And that's exactly what Jesus Christ did. In his life, in his death, in his resurrection, in his glorification, he just oozed love. Paul was a follower of the Lord Jesus. And although a lot of his writings can be very harsh, And if you take them out of context sometimes and just read them, you think, wow, uh, I don't think I would have said that. (laughs) Uh, Really harsh. But when you read the whole flow of the letter, every so often it just oozes out, his love for the Jewish people. And then through them, through Christ, his love for the Gentiles, which is us. So let's just read that portion together, shall we? The first 13 verses of uh, chapter 10. (coughs) Brothers, my heart, desire and prayer to God for the Israelites is that they may be saved. For I can testify about them that they are zealous for God, but their zeal is not based on knowledge. Since they did not know the righteousness that comes from God and sought to establish their own. They did not submit to God's righteousness. Christ is the end of the law, so that there may be righteousness for everyone who believes. Moses describes in this way, the righteousness that is by the law. The man who does these things will live by them. But the righteousness that is by faith says, do not say in your heart, Who will ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down. Or, who will descend into the deep? That is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith we are proclaiming. That if you confess with your mouth, Jesus As Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. As the scripture says, anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile the same lord is lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him for everyone who calls on the name of the lord shall be saved i always remember we used to sing that verse when i was a kid uh, sunday school uh, romans 10 and 9 it's a favorite verse of mine confessing christ is lord we are saved by grace divine it's one of these things that you just, uh, as a child, I seem to get pumped into your mind and your, your heart. It's a difficult verse. So. There's a simplicity about the verse, and it's like a lot of things in scriptures. There's a lot of things that seem very simple, but the depth of the Word of God is so deep. And you can go as deep as you can. That's why there's some people with very little knowledge, very little understanding can accept Christ as their saviour. You don't have to have a level of knowledge or intelligence in order to accept Christ. And Paul was somebody, I think uh, David was saying last week, an incredibly intelligent man, highly esteemed, steeped in the scriptures, had knew the law of God or the law of Moses, Uh, he could probably have quoted it without reading it he was so engrossed in it but he didn't know Christ until that day when he was going to Damascus and the Lord called out to him why are you persecuting me that changed Paul's life and uh, in a very simple way (laughs) uh, the question why are you persecuting me That's a challenge, of course, that we all have, is that uh, you are either for Christ or you're against him. What Paul was challenging the Jews here was that he saw in them a devoutness, a zeal that he loved, he could associate with, and he had been part of, because the Jewish religion, or the religious Jews, they kept the law of Moses, had to be zealous people because it was extremely difficult to keep the law of Moses. To be able to live your life and be totally adherent to everything in the law of Moses was a challenge. And it was only devout Jews that managed it to any degree. But I say that to any degree, none of them ever did it. It's impossible to keep the law and that's why when we, we were reading there it says that at the end of the law was Jesus Christ. A very simple way of putting it is, you know that, why was the law given? What was the purpose of the law? The, part, the law showed the righteousness of God it showed the purity of god the holiness of god and god's challenge to them was keep it and you'll have life eternal but the challenge was of course to try and point out you can't keep it and so the purpose of it all was so that the people of the jews would cry out and be able to say, how can we find the righteousness of god How can we get that holiness that God demands of us in order that we can be acceptable to him? How do we do that? And the law all spoke of Christ. And it was blind. The Jews were blinded by it. And they were thinking that they they could get credit from, from God by being more righteous than the man next to them. or the the woman next to them. And they strove harder and harder to keep things like the Sabbath, where, if you remember, they challenged the Lord Jesus that his disciples were picking the ears of the corn up, and they were doing it on the Sabbath. That, My goodness, how terrible. Does the law not teach you that you shouldn't do that? Their interpretation, they were zealots, they were zealous for the things of God and Paul saw that as a positive because they knew God and they desired to please God but they were so off track. They were not seeing the the main theme of the law, the main purposes of the law was that mankind is incapable of finding God without Jesus Christ. And that's it in a nutshell. And if you look back on the Old Testament as Paul was quoting them in Deuteronomy and Numbers uh, and Isaiah, he was quoting the Old Testament and there was a blindness with the Jews that they could not see Christ. They knew the Messiah was coming but when the Lord Jesus Christ appeared they could not see him. And, of course, we know they murdered him. They crucified him. And now Paul's challenging them. And he's saying to them, Look, you lovely people. Your thoughts are for God. And you're desirous to please him. You're desirous to do the right thing. But the law has overtaking, it's swallowing you up, it's, it's, it's crushing you, and you need to step back, as Paul had to in that call that came on the road to Damascus, why are you persecuting me? So it comes, really the, the, the nub of it all comes in the middle of the bit we're reading in, where Paul is challenging them then To speak, in the Romans ten and nine, that the 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 favourite verse of mine, that if you will confess with your mouth was the first, confess with your mouth, Jesus Christ as Lord. That was a tremendous challenge to a Jew. Sometimes it's easy, I think, for even us as Gentile Christians. that it's a challenge to us as well that uh, you can be a secret Christian and we can just quietly say yes I I do believe it but I'm not going to shout about it because uh, I'll get mocked or I'll be ridiculed and um, I don't really want to draw attention to the fact that I'm a bit maybe different from the people I'm working with or even my family who would uh, have a go at me and so there's a challenge for us to say, well, stand up for the man that you love. Stand up for the man that died for you. To a Jew, it was, oh, I would say, ten times harder. Because they were guilty of being the people who had crucified Christ, had rejected him. And to be able to stand up and use the word kurios in Greek, Lord, then that was elevating the person of Jesus. This Jesus of Nazareth was going to be exalted to the position like Caesar, like uh, somebody that the, the Jews would look up to and call Lord and subject themselves to and follow and listen to. And to put Jesus into that category was a real challenge for a Jew So Paul was saying to them that was if it, confess him with your mouth he'd quoted beforehand that when where was the law when God had given the law it was on a tablet of stone <laughs> but really what God had told the, the children of Israel was in fact the law is in your mouth. It's, he's near you. It's in your mouth. It's in your heart. And that was obviously put, if we can look back on it now, is pointing to Christ. Because how could you get a big tablet of stone in your mouth or in your heart or having it always near you? The law of Moses was a challenge to the people of Israel pointing them to the end of the law that we read Christ Jesus. And so when Christ Jesus came and revealed himself to the Jews, they thought they'd rejected him. So they were challenged to speak, to have the law in their mouth. The challenge is that the word of God, which is Christ, because he came into this world he was the one who became the word. The word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. So it's Christ Jesus. And to have him in your mouth, to have him in your heart, to have him near you is a recognition that he is God. To rec- recognize that he is spirit. And so when we are following him, that uh, the challenge is: are you a Christian? The challenge is, are you prepared to stand up and voice it? Because Christ should be in you. And if he is in you, then you will be able to open your mouth and speak of him. That was the challenge to the Jew. But it comes from the heart. Because, of course, you—it's in order to speak, that comes from your mind. And you speak what you believe and what you think but the depth of it and the understanding of it comes from your heart so do you mean it you can stand up and say words of course but do you mean it and so this was just pointing it it has to be from the heart and it has to come as a recognition of who Christ Jesus is and to link it with the law and this was what he was pointing out to the Jews you've got this law you're following it and I love you for it and you're so dedicated you're so zealous and I was there once myself but at the end of the law is Christ and he was saying to the Jews now Christ is available to the Gentiles and they didn't come through the law and it's not necessary for the Gentiles to keep the law of Moses In order to accept Christ Jesus as their saviour. The Gentiles if you like were getting it on a plate. (laughs) They didn't have the difficulty of the challenge of trying to work their way to heaven. And find out and realise that that wasn't possible. And to be able to see Jesus. they were being presented with the person of Christ. uh, On a platter like we are simply all we need to do is believe we don't need to keep the law but going back to Paul's main point he was not discarding the law as of no importance because the Lord Jesus was the one who showed the law as the righteousness of God and he did it in person He preached that the recognition of course that we have not done anything whilst the jews are trying to work their way to heaven work their way in credit to god to be able to attain salvation somehow by attaining a mysterious level that nobody ever knew where it was and I'm afraid the Catholics are a little bit like that as well. They believe that they can attain salvation through works. That's not what the Bible teaches. That's not what the Word of God says. And we have done nothing about Christ coming into this earth. That was not man's idea. It was not man's working. Christ was raised from the dead, not by man. Nothing to do with man. And Christ is exalted to the right hand of God nothing to do with man and the opportunity for salvation is nothing to do with man I mean mankind nothing to do with us we just need to believe we just need to simply accept Christ as our Savior it's all been done for us and that was a hard thing that Paul was trying to get us through through here mainly to these Jewish Romans mainly to Jews in general but also to help Gentiles appreciate that what we've got (laughs) uh, we're not worthy of Uh, and it's not something that we should be mocking Jews for for being zealous for the law because that was not something Paul mocked them for but they had to be careful that it wasn't the be all and end all that Christ was not seen in it They loved God. They wanted to please God. That was a plus. But they were going down the wrong road. And that was what he was challenging them with. We need to... He was challenging them about knowing Christ. Not knowing of Christ, but knowing him. And the challenge that Romans 10 and 9 really brings out more is being able not just to stand up and speak it but for whoever you're speaking to will come away knowing that man or that woman believes what they're saying they've not just learned the words i believe in jesus christ god the father god the son and god the holy spirit i believe in the trinity These words are are just words. I believe that Jesus Christ died for me. He bore my sin are just words. Anybody can stand up and say these words. But what's Paul saying? It's got to come from the heart. And the word has got to be in you. And the word that became flesh has got to be in you. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is in you? Do you believe, therefore, the word of God is in you? And therefore, what the Word of God says has got meaning and power and influence. And therefore, do people see that in you? So when I speak, do you think that man believes what he's saying? Or is he just filling time on a particular subject? But for each of us, when we're talking and proclaiming the gospel, in whatever environment, in whatever opportunity we get, It has to come from the heart. It has to come out of the mouth, of course. It has to be pure. And it has to be something that obviously you firmly believe in. And then it becomes something that can give life. Not because it's my voice or my words. That does not produce life. But what I'm saying is People have to believe it's God's word. It's God's life because it's coming from Christ in me. It's coming with the power of the Holy Spirit in me. Therefore, we should speak with that power. Paul finished off this section by just bringing the two together, the Jews and the Greeks, Greeks being Gentiles, and saying there's no difference now. We'll bring it together. Up until then God had been dealing through the people of Israel and if people wanted to know God and to know his laws then they would have to become a proselyte and uh, take it on board and study it and uh, find their way to Jerusalem to be able to worship there but now Christ has come he's the end of the law and now Jew and Greek are together, Jew and Gentile are together, and Christ is available to all on the same level. And therefore, let's rejoice together. And although Paul has been critical of the Jews and their zealous and their misdirected zeal, he's saying, come together, don't keep out the Gentiles. They're not a subservient race. <laughs> they're not people that you should uh, neglect because Christ died for Jew and Gentile and together we are waiting for the coming again of the Lord Jesus Christ and he's coming for Jew and Gentile who have put their trust in Jesus who have proclaimed with their mouth Jesus Christ as Lord who have put him up there where he belongs who we focus our attention on. We love him because he died for us. He is our Lord. And the name Lord Jesus Christ just brings in the the whole picture of who he is. He's Jesus, he's a man, he was given an earthly name, he was born of woman, he is the son of man. He's Christ, he's the Messiah. He came from God and uh, he is the son of God. And he's Lord, because that's where I put him in my life. So when we're talking about him, he's not just Jesus to me. He's not just a man. He's not just Jesus Christ, a man and God. He is Lord Jesus Christ, because I've taken him and I have him in my heart. And he's in my mind. And now all of us should do that and focus on the lordship of christ and putting him exalting him the place of honor in our life that he's he's our everything and this is what paul was pointing us to here shall we pray